You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today, we're blessed to have Barbara and Lena sharing the word with us. And I'm going to, be, before I invite up Barbara, I'll pray for her. And I just want to uh, let everybody know about next semester, which is our outpouring unit. And this is the card Anna lovingly designed, Love Poured Out. And we begin the 7th of August, so we have some preparation time, time to get the word out. You can go to holyfireschool.com and register, and it's going to be a great semester. We are concentrating on the epistles, uh, apostolic letters, as well as the cross and creatively communicating God's word. And we're going to continue our journey through the Hebrew alphabet and learn about walking in the Spirit, as well as some other things, too, as they come up. And I'm grateful that I just finished translating Colossians. Now it's just in the editing, now it's just in the editing phase. So I'll do more of that type of thing on the holidays, too. Um, But Colossians seems to be a book that we will emphasize next semester. So that's next semester. And then this semester... That just passed. We just had a glorious finish. And I, I've made a course manual for this semester. This is a Journeying into the Father's Heart course manual, which if you go to brisbanefire.com, you can go there and the online shop and you can download it. And if you repost that little link of the uh, Journeying into the Father's Heart, I'll send you a discount code, 50% off discount code. Um, and yeah, you can get the digital PDF version, which is great to read on a tablet or on a laptop. Um, and yeah, a lot of love went into it and I'm praising God for all the students that have been on the journey with us. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's available to you, but I, I, I'm going to be off social media very soon. So Anna and I will be, well, Anna's never on social media. Uh, except <laughs> once in a blue moon, right? <laughs> so I'm going to be off social media very soon. So if you repost, uh, make sure you do that on Monday because Tuesday then I'm, I'm shutting off. Um, but yeah, that BrisbaneFire.com and there's the Inspiration Fire online shop and there's some great things there to bless you. So um, I hope that can be a great resource. Now I'm going to pray for Barbara. Amen. So, Father, we just lift up Barbara to you and we thank you for her. We thank you for her love, her support, all the work she has done behind the scenes with the finances. 
But also we thank you that the word of God resides in her and she prays for the saints and she she has your love in her heart and she's been a mother to many of the students. As she shares her heart, give her grace and authority and peace and let her be amazed too. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. And one last thing, let's put our hands on our hearts and pray this together. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. In your precious name, amen. Father, just thank you that we can gather together this morning. Thank you for the wonderful time of worship and for your presence that's here with us. Just ask that you give me the words to speak. You'd help me to speak clearly and just to, just to share what you want to share that it would plant seeds in people's hearts, Father, and that you'd just bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've called it the power of the word. And the verse, verse came to me oh, a couple of weeks ago in conversation and it was in Hebrews 4 verse 12. I'm just going to read around it so we get it in context. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So in reading... It in context, it reminds us of Israel in the wilderness, that although Israel had been delivered by God from Egypt, they'd cross the sea and then be sustained by the manna from God. They did not trust God or obey his word. This meant that they did not enter God's promised land and enter his rest. This is a warning for us that we too can miss out on God's rest if we don't obey God's word and allow it to work deep in our hearts to expose our sin, bring us to repentance and then to life. In Ephesians 6 verse 17, the sword of the spirit is part of the armour of God, which we are told to take up and use in our fight against the schemes of the devil. For a Roman soldier, the sword served as an offensive weapon against enemies. When sharpened, the sword could pierce through just about anything making it a very dangerous tool. The word of God as a sword penetrates to our innermost parts, revealing our feelings, our passions, our desires, our thoughts and intents. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, and acceptable and perfect. Aligning our hearts to God's heart is a process that occurs as we allow the Holy Spirit to work the word in us. How do we engage in the word so that we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh? How do we overcome the evil one and the world around us? The word of God is a map or a guidebook for our journey through life. 
When we go on a journey to a new place, we generally look up the map, work out where we're going to go, where we're going to stay, where we're going to eat, all the details, fun things to do, where the playgrounds are. We look up information before we set out on our journey. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Just as a map can warn you of a dead-end road or where rivers and train lines are, where there's waters, difficult terrain or obstacles, so God's word shows us how to avoid obstacles and difficulties in our spiritual journey. In Proverbs, it talks about paying attention to God's word. Jesus is the living word and in him is life. God's word is like road signs, stop, detour or go. As we read the word, we should engage our mind and our heart, as well as our eyes, to truly take it in and understand. When we read the word, we are meeting with Jesus, who is the living word. It is though we're sitting at his feet like Mary, listening to his teaching. We can just read through a short devotion or part of the Bible superficially, then go on to work and other activities, but we won't have received our sustenance for the day. Just like Israel needed fresh manna every day to be able to sustain them and help them. And I notice for me, if I truly meet with God and engage with the word and really relate to Jesus, my day goes a lot better than if I rushed or not connected with him at all. I have energy and I can let the Holy Spirit lead me and hear him during the day. As Glenn has taught, when I slow down and I'm quiet and I just think about what I'm reading, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and reveals the truth that is in there. Unless we go slowly and pay attention, the Holy Spirit can't teach us or counsel us and the Word is, has limited to work within us. The Word is powerful and active, but do we allow it to work in us to transform us? The Word also gives us wisdom and as we grow in understanding and faith, we will not be unstable like the man in James 1, but we will be single-minded, confident in what the Word says and confident in who we are, our identity in Jesus. We'll know the truth and not be led astray by other beliefs. Our character is to be based on God's Word and we will be reliable and trustworthy. We get to know God's heart as Father through the Word. We can know his will and hear his voice, but we need to take the time to listen. When we have the word deep inside us through meditation, memorising scripture, the Holy Spirit will bring it to our remembrance when we need it. The word in us will keep drawing us back to God and encouraging us. John 14 verse 26, But the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. How well are we listening to him? The word of God brings life. Through the word we are built up in Christ and encourage ourselves and others. Psalm 119.25 My soul clings to the dust, revive me according to your word. And we bring life to others by sharing the word with them, if we have the word in us. The word rebukes by showing us the wrong direction, wrong behaviour and wrong thinking, what is unhelpful and what to get rid of in our lives. But the Holy, it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to make the changes. 
The Word of God nourishes us. Are we really hungry and thirsty for God as David was? Do we dive in or are we happy in the shallows and just playing? The Word is like the river. We can sit on the edge dangling our toes or feet in or do we dive in to get energised and refreshed and cool off from the rest of life? Mostly we have three meals a day with at least one substantial one. Do we do this with the word or are we just snacking? How much of an essential or priority is the word in our life? We pray give us this day our daily bread, but how do we treat this when we actually get the bread? The word is our daily bread and we should take time to digest it, treasure it and allow it to nourish us. We are receiving it from a holy God. We are feasting with our best friend, Jesus. Remember all he has done for us and give him respect and honour. He is the head of our table. We need to have a balanced diet to get full nutrition. Therefore, we need the whole word of God to be mature, not just the bits that are easy and effortless. The disciples put in effort to get their food catching fish, cleaning and maintaining the boats and the nets. The disciples caught fish regularly, so they ate fresh food. We can't rely on what we had yesterday, which is stale bread. God is speaking with unfolding revelation, therefore we need fresh words daily. How do we approach the word? Do we come to the word with interest, with open hearts to discover, to discover something new and exciting? What can we learn to help us today? Just as we go to a teacher or manager to get the instructions to do our work or a study, so we come to God to learn what his will is, how to live life that day to seek his wisdom and strength. The Holy Spirit is the one who transforms us. The word is the vehicle. We get in a car to go on a journey. Do we get in the word to journey and power through life? I just want to finish with Hebrews 12, verse 1. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The word reveals the hindrances and things in life that we need to throw off that are hindering our walk with God. And the Holy Spirit helps us lighten our load so we can run with Jesus alongside us and others cheering us on. Amen. Amen. Now we have Lena. And Lena, Anna, do you mind the question? <laughs> and Father, we pray for Lena that your words of life would come through her, that she would speak with your grace and your authority. And we thank you for what we received from Barbara, and we pray that. This would all go together 
seamlessly in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord God, I just thank you so much, Father God, for your goodness. I thank you, God, for you, and I thank you for your presence right now, Lord God. I just pray, Father God, and just surrender it all to you, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for placing this word on my heart, Lord God. And I thank you, Father God, for this community, Lord God. I thank you for the gift of you, Lord God. And I just pray, Father God, that you just get rid of all the nervousness, Lord God. Um, I just pray, Father God, that you be the focal point, Lord God, that you be the center of the attention, Lord God, that you be just all eyes on you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your goodness, and I thank you for your wondrous work, Lord God. Um, have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Um, so uh, I actually uh, have a different message. Uh, I actually prepared, uh, I had... Uh, I had prepared um, a message uh, for Father's Unit and then um, last weekend I was driving and I felt like the Holy Spirit like highlighted a specific word to me and um, it was um, a lot and I'm actually like uh, like amazed and like curious about Lot's life and um, so I'm going to be speaking about a specific scripture because um, later that evening on that Saturday I went home and um, I had time in the secret place and um, God highlighted a specific scripture to me and it was Lot's wife um, and it's in Genesis 19:26, and it says but Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him and she turned into a pillar of salt. Um, too often when we're like driving on in life we're like focused um, like we're not focused on the windshield which is like the front thing at the front of us we're like driving in life and we're going like this we're looking at the windshield quite often more often than we should when God wants us to focus on that windshield in front of us the um and not get distracted by the windshield. And um, so the title of my message is, Don't Look Back, Look Ahead. Um, so <laughs> we sometimes look back for approval, look back to see if we got it right, look back if people liked us instead of looking ahead. In my cry to that mo in that moment when I was with God, I wrote down everything. Um, I don't know about you all, but it was my childhood wounds that held me back and made me look back. God will push me forward in life and help me move forward. Now look back at the, at the rear view mirror, looking back at my wounds. And this slowed me down. So I wrote down every hurt in the past that made me look back and in front of God, I intentionally ripped it up and surrendered it to Him. At Bible school, we're learning um, the mysterious tremendum, did I pronounce that right? Um, which is the mystery of God. And um, God is so holy and righteous and far beyond who we are as human beings. He, in His perfect goodness, also longs to draw near to us. It is the will within the will. If I'm completely honest, I wanted to burn up that paper. <laughs> but the fire within me, which was God, was already lit enough. And I felt God release me from it. And um, yeah, just surrendered. Um, you know how they have that famous ad, like, keep your eyes on the road, Wanda? Um, well, I feel like God wants us to keep our eyes on the road He set before us, and on the bigger picture He has for us, um, to really be intentional about keeping our eyes on Jesus alone. In Hebrews 12, uh, 1 to 4, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, similar to Barbara. Um, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. 
Now this crowd of witnesses contains all the people described in um, Hebrews 11, like Abraham, Moses, Rahab, and David. And their faithfulness is a constant encouragement to us that we do not struggle alone. And we are not the first to struggle with the problems we face. Others have run the race and won, and their witness stirs us to run also. In Bible school, we're learning the Hebrew words like Aleph, and Aleph is one of my favorites. It's the first letter of the alphabet. And like Aleph, Jesus is the beginning of all things and the pioneer of our faith. He quietly did his Father's will and broke up the fallow ground of our hearts through the cross. When we face hardship or disappointment, it's easier to lose sight of the big picture, the windshield. We look back at the rearview mirror, which can be, sometimes be our comfort zone of not pressing ahead to where he wants us to go. However, many others have made it through the state of life you win, enduring far more difficult circumstances than you have. Um, I, as we've learned, suffering provides the training ground for Christian maturity. It develops patience, makes us realize our need for Christ and strengthens our resolve, encourages humility and ensures our final victory. Um, I love Chris, uh, like Charles Spurgeon, sorry. Um, and he said, men will become great in theology until they become great in suffering. Um, it's one thing to honour God when everything is going away. It's another to honour God and set your eyes on Him when you want to be on the sidelines or look back in the comfort zone. Stay the course and don't look back. God is faithful. And there's one last thing I just want to do um, in obedience to God um, is if we all close our eyes and I just have a specific scripture um, that I just want to speak over each one of you and just um, it's Isaiah 41 verse 8 to 16. Um, as for you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, my chosen one, descended from Abraham, my friend, I've called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant, for I've chosen you and will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid, I'm here to help you. Though you are a lowly worm, O Jacob, don't be afraid, people of Israel, for I will help you. I'm the Lord your Redeemer, I'm the Holy One of Israel. You will be a new threshing instrument with many sharp teeth. You will tear your enemies apart, making chaff of mountains. You will toss them into the air, and the wind will blow them all away. A whirlwind will scatter them. Then you will rejoice in the Lord. You will glory in the Holy One of Israel. Lord, I thank you so much for getting me through this uh, talk, Lord God. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your glory. And I just, all the glory belongs to you, God. I thank you, Father God, for walking with us, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, your hand on each one of us, Lord God. Um, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. That's it. <laughs> oh, I don't want to rip. Oh, sorry. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great word, Lena and Barbara. Amen. So I'll give a, a quick summary of some of the things that I... noticed that both of you shared from Hebrews 12. Both of you from Hebrews 12, we'll look at, I'll read that one again, so it's going to be three times here. 
Hebrews 12, 1 through 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And this relates to, this relates to Hebrews chapter 4 and the journey of Israel in the wilderness. So Barbara brought out the journey of Israel in the wilderness. What was the great temptation in the wilderness? It was to look back. So in the suffering, in the pain, what were they tempted to do? To go back to Egypt. To go back to the things that they were used to and the things that they, they liked. But if they went back to Egypt, they were going back to slavery. So there's a temptation for us all to go back to that slavery. And that happens when we are... Uh, letting other people influence our lives rather than Jesus be the Lord of our life. So what I'm thinking about here is not other good people, godly people who are spurring us on, but those who are trying to condemn us. Uh, they are trying to control us. They are speaking all this negativity. And here it is, we have been made free in Christ. But then there's a temptation for us constantly battling against us to suck us back into the old life and the old way. It can come through family, it can come through friends, it can come through the workplace. But remember, Christ died for our freedom. And as Lena was saying, don't look back. And Jesus warned us, remember Lot's wife. Remember what happened? She turned into this pillar of salt. And she never fulfilled her ultimate purpose. Um, and then you think of Israel in the, the wilderness and how they were tempted to turn back. And so how, how do we not look back? We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Right? We keep our eyes on Jesus. What is he saying? What is he doing? What does he want? And I also found very interesting that um, we had uh, Lillian who read from Isaiah 43. And Lena read a very similar scripture from Isaiah 41. Right? Is that... Correct, 43 and 40, 41. Yeah, so one read from 43, one read from 41. And it was all about the Lord being with us. So do not fear, for I am with you. Amen. So the Lord is speaking to us to keep our eyes on him. 
to keep pressing forward and moving forward to persevere, to trust him on the journey, to not turn back. And I've seen so many people turn back in trouble, hardship, difficulties, suffering. And that's what the thing, that's the thing with the trouble, suffering, difficulties, and hardship. They give, they, they're tempting us to look away. They're tempting us to look away, but we've got to fix and train our eyes to stay on Jesus. And yeah, James 1. And also continually feeding ourselves with the word so that we have the strength, right? That's the, we need three meals a day to stay strong, we need to constantly be feeding on the Word of God to keep our eyes on Jesus. So the Word of God keeps our eyes on Jesus if we're reading it correctly. So as Barbara was saying, let us find our sustenance and strength in the Scripture. Amen? That's what Anna and I are going to be doing when we go on our, our little break. We're going to be feeding on the Word and encouraging ourselves in the Lord and trying to forget, by the grace of God, all of the junk that people have said. And we're not talking about you guys, but you, you, uh, we've had a lot of attacks and a lot of negativity, and but... By the grace of God, we are going to be looking at what the Word says about us and what Jesus says about us, and not what people that, oh, here, here it is. Uh, a, a lot of people don't realize that they become messengers of Satan. Remember Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan? And when we think of a messenger, a messenger of Satan, everybody says, well, I'm not a messenger of Satan. You know, I'm not a Satanist. I'm not a messenger of Satan. But too many, yeah, too many times uh, Christians will allow the devil to influence them and speak through them and to attack fellow believers, to slander them, to, you know, all that bitterness that's inside comes out. And in that way, you can become like a messenger of Satan to your family, to, um, to other Christians, and you don't want to do that. Don't do that. But Paul learned even in that that God's grace was sufficient for him because God's power was made perfect in his weakness. But let's not be persecuting each other and pulling each other down. Let us speak life, <laughs> the life of the word of God to one another. Encourage one another daily. That's one of the messages of Hebrews. Encourage one another daily as we see the day approaching. Husbands, I want to encourage you. We've got a few husbands here, and it's Father's Day in America. We've got Lami and Peter and Kieran and Yushi and uh, one day Caleb and we've got Daniel and, and others that are listening, right? They're fathers. I want to encourage the fathers to speak life to their spouses and to their families. Encouragement, appreciation, affirmation. 
uh, affirm who they are in Christ. Affirm what the Word says about them. Do not be a messenger of the enemy. Do not be just speaking your feelings. Because your feelings can go up and down. Love is not based on feelings. It is based on what Christ did on the cross. And so speak, fathers, speak life to your spouses and speak life to your children and guard your tongue. Guard your tongue so it's not saying everything that you feel inside because sometimes what you feel inside is not good. <laughs> it needs to be brought to the cross. And so if you're just, uh, you know, just sharing your negative emotions, you're going to bring your family down. You need what the Word of God says, and you need to speak what the Word of God says to your family, and you'll see your family blessed. Another thing I encourage you to do is speak a blessing. Father, speak a blessing over your wife every day. Bless her. Speak a blessing over your children every day. So as a father... Your goal is to establish an atmosphere of life and Jesus' lordship in your home. You don't want your home to be like Egypt. You want it to be like the promised land. Right? And if you're, if you're a mother, you can do that. If there's no father around, you can. The heavenly father is your father. And mothers, you can speak life. But... We want our homes to be like the promised land. Not like Egypt. Even if there is a father still need to do that. Yeah, even yes, it it implies to it applies to both men and women, fathers and mothers. And wherever there's a lack, rise up in leadership and speak God's word and what God says. Because the word brings life, as Barbara says. The word nourishes. The word's like a river that we need to jump into. So amen, guys. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Anna, do you want to share that? For, uh, you'll need the microphone. Just Sorry, no, I just picked up on that, Barbara. It was You were talking about, you had an analogy of the car, right? Of the word being like a car that takes us. And that was your dream of you being in a car. And he was driving, he was rescuing you. Amen. And I just want to affirm too, all those scriptures that were shared today are the scriptures that keep God keeps reiterating to me too, like Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 and the other ones. God keeps, yeah. The Holy Spirit is speaking. Amen. So, Father, we come to you. Let's pray now, and then we'll have our short meeting. Father, we come to you, and we thank you that you're a good father, and as a good father, you feed your people. And we've been fed this morning through your word, but you want us to be feeding on you every day, not just today. So let us be constantly feeding on you. And also I want to pray a blessing over the fathers to speak life and make their homes through their prayers and the word of God like the promised land, a safe 
place of rest and peace and nourishment. And I ask for the mothers, too, to be able to speak life. Let us encourage one another and save us from always thinking we need to speak what's on our mind or on our hearts because sometimes what's on our mind and on our hearts is against you and your word and it needs to be put to death. It needs to be crucified. It needs not to be spoken. It needs to go to the cross. So Lord, we live differently than the world. The world will say, well, say everything, you know, get it all out. But you say for us to put to death the anger, the rage, the, the malice, all of those things which are contrary to you. And Lord, there's times, yes, we have to speak lament and, and sadness, but let the, let the note of our lives be one of victory, victory in Jesus. So I'm asking a blessing on everybody here, on their families, and on this church Keep us from, let us be your messengers rather than messengers of the enemy and our own flesh. In Jesus' precious name, amen.